All right, all right. We're back with another episode of Swing the Twig. I am your host this time, Dom DeRosa. Very rare situation that you're not going to be seeing too often, but Tommy Franks could not be with us this evening. That's all right. I'm here. Alongside me is Jeff and Anthony. How we doing, fellas? Hey, hey. Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. A lot has been happening, and, uh, you know, it's glad to see another jam-packed couple days so we got to recap it oh for sure um yeah boys free agency they are getting it's finally uh speeding up just a little bit and spring training has occurred which is great uh and everything like that so this might be a shorter episode but we're going to try and cover a lot and as much as we can so first off freddie freeman finally chooses a team the la dodgers it was pretty much um, all set in stone. It was just a matter of the contract and all. And it happened, you know, if it wasn't the Yankees or this team or that team, which it wouldn't have been, uh, then look, it's the Dodgers, six years, 160 plus million. You know, I'm not relatively shocked. It's a good contract on all. Um, however, Freddie Freeman is on the verge, if not 33 years old already. Jeff, I'm going to start with you. How are you feeling about this? I understand. I'm a Dodger hater and all, but look, they got themselves a great first baseman in Freddie Freeman, arguably the best in the league. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a really great move for the Dodgers here. Um, shoring up that first base position for a good while. Um, you know, Freddie's probably at the tail end of his peak, um, but that doesn't mean that he still has not have a few really solid years left in the tank. Um, Dom, I, I know how you feel about, obviously, you know, the Dodgers are just, you know, trying to buy their way to another ring. Um, but the Dodgers are making do with the money that they have and they won't have to worry about first base for the next six years or so. Right. And, you know, I, I just, my take on it real quick. I think the first two and a half, like two to three years will be great for Freddie with the Dodgers and everything. But as he gets older, those last three years might be a pain, even with that contract, just because he's on the decline. He's a little over the hill, despite coming off a phenomenal season. Uh, Anthony, how are we feeling about Freddie Freeman? Are you surprised at all? What's your takes on the Dodgers and everything like that? Uh, I think once I found out kind of where he resided and I was in his native home of like Southern Cali, it was kind of a no brainer to me that at the end of the day, he was going to go back to the, or was going to go back home and go to the Dodgers. Uh, I listened to his, kind of his not his press comments but his interview after the fact with uh mad uh not bad investors and greg amsinger and yon Alonso of lmb network and he said the last week week and more so 48 hours was pretty tough a lot of emotions both good bad and ugly as you probably guys saw the report came out that he got blindsided by the braves trade for matt olsen which kind of then made him obviously know that my time in atlanta was over and at that point him and his wife basically said, like, it's time to go home. And so they kind of knew, I think, from the get-go that they were going to go to Cali. It was just a matter of the dollar amounts. So, I mean, look, the Dodgers got a great first baseman, as Jeff alluded to. He's And I've said this before, he's at the tail end of his prime. He'll have a few, few good seasons left. But as Yankee fans, as me and Jeff, and I'll speak for Tom on his behalf, is that we don't have to worry about this move. You know, I was listening to R2C2. Uh, today or early Friday morning. And Aaron Hicks said, you know, it's not a big deal, especially with these NL moves. Like if they happen, okay, good for them, but it doesn't affect the Yankees whatsoever. So good for them, Dom. I know you got to 
deal with it for a good chunk of the season and a good chunk of the over the next six years. So you have fun with that, buddy. So we're, we're we, us Yankee fans are kind of just going to chill, uh, let them do his thing in LA. And then if we ever cross paths in the world series, that's when we have to worry. Yeah, no, um, I, I get you. Listen, it's tough, but Padres got to just keep their heads up high and everything like that. I do want to get into a trade involving the Padres real quick. This just recently happened. Luke Voigt, your Yankee boy, you know, the first baseman slugging DH, whatever you want to call him, uh, has been on the trade market for just a little bit right now. You've heard the rumors and everything, and it's finally happened. San Diego, the Padres, who desperately do need a DH or first base and first baseman, actually, uh, have gone out and gotten Luke Voigt for just a right-handed minor league pitcher in Justin Lange. Uh, Lange doesn't have the best control with his high velocity. His numbers aren't the best, but he is known to have high potential. Uh, and now Luke Voigt is looking to be a DH for us rather than signing Jorge Soler, everything like that. Um, it's an interesting one. Uh, if, if he stays healthy, great. And it's not a high risk, high reward. It's a low risk, high reward kind of uh, deal for us. And the fact that we didn't give up any picks and st- or more prospects is unreal. Uh, Luke Voigt, great OPS from righties and lefties. I would like a Soler in there too, just because I don't know, but who knows what happens with Hosmer, but I think Voigt's going to stay at DH. So Soler talks might be out. Anthony, I'll start with you this time around. How are we feeling that Luke Voigt is gone? You think the Yankees could have gotten more out of it? Uh, I think so. I mean, it was a, everyone kind of knew that it was coming. I think in, in what even said, he was relieved that the trade happened, that he gets a new start. I was kind of hoping, and I think I was one of the rare fans that wanted to say that they were going to platoon the two of them. But once the trade happened, I was like, all right, in hindsight, 2020, it was, it was an unlikely scenario. Um, so Castro made a trade. It was an odd one because you would have thought that we would get more from it. Obviously, we didn't, you know, after kind of the season he had in the COVID year where he led the league in home runs and, Obviously, he didn't do that great last year, but, you know, he still provided power. And, you know, when he gets hot, he gets hot. But on the, on the, on the other side, when he gets cold, he gets really cold. And he's injury prone. You know, I mean, he, just, he can't stay healthy. Not, not saying, like, it's, like, a bad thing, but it's just, like, it's just, like, a part of who he is. Um, but, look, the Pirates got a great, you know, they got a great bat in their lineup, especially with Tatis after the first three months. So he can hopefully suffice the power that, you lose in Tatis and you gain that with Void. And hopefully when Tatis comes back, it kind of just messes together and you have a very dynamic lineup in San Diego. If Lou Void is batting at the level that he should be. Um, and look, you get him at a bargain, $6 million. I believe he's still in an arbitration year. So you're still have him under control, I believe. So uh, all in all, I think it's a good move for the Padres right now. I know the Yankees got that prospect, Justin Lang, 20 year old pitcher who throws straight gas. Red reports they threw 102 in college, so he has some potential, but he's in low A, so we got ways away uh, to see him in the big leagues if he ever makes it because you never know with these guys. But that's my take, and, you know, it's it's I want to say this isn't the last move that we're going to make, but um, this was an interesting move nonetheless. Totally agree, Jeff. Good move, wrong time. I think the Yankees sold low. Um, really low. I don't. I I don't think they could have gotten like Blake Snell out of him and Torres and a couple other pieces out. Or, I, don't or, think or I was hearing Lamette when when yeah when when Padres got in the mix. Like that's what people were reporting, and they're like, oh, okay. 
and then we get lang i'm like what the heck happened right yeah yeah thing. exactly so i don't i i think it was a good move i think it was the right thing to do i think he's an aaron hicks waiting to happen um i honestly can't see him being good for that much longer he's already 31 years old he's already shown signs of being extreme boomer bust when it comes to uh just hitting and raw power output um and you know we have rizzo now we have dj who can play first base now there's no space for him in the lineup anymore we had to get rid of someone and he bit the bullet for us um i'm almost kind of glad to see him gone as i was to see sanchez gone just because i don't see what he could have brought to this team in the current state that it's in and jeff you saw the sanchez hacks from uh, spring training right it's like you know you didn't change yeah no that that doesn't surprise me one bit although i will say the best thing that luke voigt did for the yankees he finally got us to get rid of greg bird for that, I will always be thankful for Luke Voigt. He'll always have a special place in my heart for that. Thank see, you, Luke Voigt. I, see, I feel bad for Greg Bird because, like, I remember when he became on the scene in like 2015, 2016, and he was kind of raking. I was like, okay, he could have some, he, he could do some damage. And then 2017 in spring training, he great. And then he got hurt. And then, you know, he had, he had kind of a, he had some moments in the 2017 cha- uh, playoffs with, the big home run in game three of the ALDS to keep us alive. And we ultimately win that series. So, I mean, I, I'm glad that Greg Bird was gone, but I mean, that, that home run he hit in, in game three was, was pretty memorable, especially the call that Vasquezian had. That was a one, nothing game. Too. Yeah. So, but I do, I had, I did see tweets from people saying that you, 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 you relieved us from Greg Bird and that we're forever thankful for. So. Yep. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, very, very similar to Clint Frazier. I think, you know, a lot of talent, just injuries and, you know, unfortunately just couldn't put it together for Clint us. Frazier, what a guy. I, I, I wish him well in, in, in Chicago. I, I hope he does well because you feel bad for him coming out of that 13 draft class. If you think about it, he's the bust. He, he, he's now the bust possibly in that draft. Yeah. It was Tim. If it's Tim Anderson, Byron Buxton, Aaron Judge, and him, there's probably a couple others I'm missing. But as of now, if he doesn't get it going in Chicago, he's a he's a massive bust. Right now, I actually want to stick at first base for the Yankees. In fact, the reason why, boys, they re-signed Anthony Rizzo. Um, rumors have had it that the Yankees were getting Matt Olson. They didn't get in. The Braves sweeped up and uh, grabbed Olson. So Rizzo's back with the Yanks. Uh, quickly, because we do have a time limit on this episode, unfortunately. Uh, how are we feeling about that one? And we have to wrap it up soon with more, a couple more acquisitions. I like that we got Anthony Rizzo. I really do. Um, you know, really likes playing for us. The fans like him. Uh, got him for a couple more years. Not an insane price. So... You know, in my mind, what's not to like? You know, we have our first baseman for the next few years now. Right, Anthony? Yeah, and to go off of Jeff's point, I mean, look, this was – I mean, look, he adds a left-handed presence that we kind of desperately needed, something that Luke Wood unfortunately couldn't provide because he was a right-handed hitter. And, you know, Jeff said he was, he was a boomer bust guy where he either hits home runs or strikes out, and, Dom, you're going to witness that this year, so get ready. You'll love the home runs. You'll hate the strikeouts. But with Rizzo, 
you know, he's more of the kind of the, the, the perfect blend of like a contact power guy. You know, he's not what he was in Chicago, unfortunately, where he was slugging five, 500 plus and having an on-base percentage of 380, 390, but he'll slug in the low fives, high fours, and have an on-base of 350, 360, and he doesn't strike out a lot. He's going to give you a solid AB, and that's kind of what we need. We need that We need that different mentality going into the next season, and I believe with the offense we have constructed, um, I feel like we can do that, and that's a, an identity that we desperately need because I am sick and tired of home run or bust. I'm so over it. The whole Bronx Bombers, I like. I get it. It's great. It's great when it's happening. It's bad when it's not. I'd rather us just be a solid contact team where we mix it in both the hits and the home runs. I can't have this whole we just slug and that's it. And I think that's why we had to get rid of Lloyd because he just slugged and that was it. Right. He yep. wasn't a high-average high guy and he wasn't a high-on-base guy. And while we're on that really quickly, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, new kid on the block, did really good for us today in our first post in our first uh, preseason spring training game. Went two for three, single, double, uh, scored, and the only hit he didn't get was a rocket shot to center field that they just happened to get to in time. So he did really well for us in three plate appearances. Uh, yeah, and Don was at that game. Yeah, yeah, a good player. I'm telling you guys, great swing to him. Um, yeah, no, great shout out to IKF right there. Uh, another shocking move. I think this is one of the most, you know, confusing ones. Chris Bryant to the Colorado Rockies. He stays in the NL except goes to the Rockies who recently got rid of Arenado after panicking and giving him so much money. They go ahead and throw out seven years, 182 at KB. Uh, basically it looks like KB's playoff journey uh, has come to an end with the Rockies. Um, I'm shocked. I don't, I don't mind that he stays in the NL. Look, it's Colorado. They play as tough anyway. It's ridiculous, but uh, yeah, I'll just say this. The Rockies are a confusing franchise. They go ahead, panic, extend Arenado, throw too much money at him, get rid of him. And then now go out and get Chris Bryant for this oddly enough. So Jeff, how are we feeling? Are we, uh, are we being a little weird here in Colorado? I Yeah, I don't really know what Colorado's trying to do here because they got to compete with the Giants, the Padres, and the Dodgers just to have a chance of making a wild card. You know, and even though they expanded it to an extra team, I really don't see how the Rockies fit into that mix all of a sudden, all of a sudden now, barring some kind of miracle run. I don't know what they're trying to do unless if they want to make an impact in a few years and hope Chris Bryant's going to be around then, but it's the Rockies. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, no, same. And Anthony? I mean, the one thing that I noticed from his press conference was that he's like, I'm looking forward to win a lot of games. I'm like, um, okay. Usually that, that, that answer is different, meaning I want to win championships. Not I want to win a lot of games. So this kind of like leads into kind of my take on the whole thing in terms of, I think he's just looking to pad his stats at this point. I mean, the guy would, the guy, the guy in his first two seasons in the league won rookie of the year. He was a world champion and won the NL MVP in two in his first two years, hall of fame trajectory from the get go. He then kind of declined and slipped a little bit with injury. He regressed a little bit, then kind of got it back going which then led him to go to San Francisco and then he gets his back. So I think at this point now to Don, what you alluded to, 
I wouldn't say, I mean, they might make the playoffs in this seven year contract, but they're not, they're not going to win a championship. And I think at the end of the day, he's just going to want to pad his stats. He's in it. The most hitter friendly ballpark in baseball. He's going to absolutely rake because this guy, like he, he's the guy where you like, um, what's the word? It's like, he, he gets the ball up in the air. If you get that ball up in the air in course field, it's going to leave the ballpark or he's going to get a lot of doubles and, or possibly triples off that big right field wall um, in the outfield. So at the end of the day, it's just good for him just for his stats and his career to make his case to be a hall of famer at the end of the day. Cause he has the ring. He has the MVP at this point, a couple all-star appearances, maybe lead the league in home runs, RBIs, maybe win a batting title and he'll be a hall of famer, but he's kind of done everything already. Obviously you want to win another ring, prove yourself a little more, but I feel like he's content now with where he's at, which is okay. I mean, you want to, he, he, he did the two most important things you can do as a player, an MVP and a championship with probably the most iconic championship in Cubs history. Yep. Going, going back to uh, Bryant himself and the Rockies and why they would make this move, you know, just had a little bit more mystery to it. They're going to have to put him in left field, I feel, because they can't throw him at third base because Ryan McMahon's there. And someone actually ran uh, the numbers on that. He's only adding an extra point two war in his first three seasons there while McMahon's still on the books. So they're going to have to put him in left field. That's the only place I could see them putting him, at least. Yeah, and he's very versatile. So, you know, obviously people don't like that. You know, I feel like you want to make it um, – you want to have him at one position. But if you have a guy that's as versatile, use it to your advantage. Play him in left if he plays at third grade or at first. So, but – They but could yeah. also DH him now. That is true. I don't, I don't think you want to. Maybe in the last couple of years of his deal, maybe. But a lot of money for a DH. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, KB going with the money. I really like that point of the Hall of Fame trajectory. Uh, the last one I want to talk about, boys, the Toronto Blue Jays have been making a lot of moves, and they go out and get Matt Chapman from the Oakland A's. He's also been a player besides KB that has dipped offensively, really hasn't been the same when he's swinging the twig, <laughs> hence that. Um, however, he is an absolutely unbelievable third baseman defensively, probably the best in the league, even over Machado and Arenado. Um, and with this, Jeff, do you have the trade details? I want to make sure I'm right on the same page here because uh, I feel like it's not that much. The A's are obviously having a fire sale here. But, yeah, Matt Chapman's a Toronto Blue Jay. Yep, it was uh, Matt Chapman and um, who was it? There was, there was someone else that went that deal too, right? Jose Barrios, I want to say. No, no. Jose Barrios no. is still with the team. Yeah, I think they just gave a lot of prospects. Right. I think yeah. Yeah. Four four different prospects. Uh Gunnar Hogland, Kevin Smith, um, and Zach Logue and Kirby Sneed. Thank you. So, boys, uh, I think Toronto is looking pretty good. Added some pitching with Kikuchi earlier this uh great to see as well on that side, and also Kevin Gelsman. Um, and now they get Matt Chapman for defensive help. You know, Toronto's looking pretty complete. You think they can compete with your Yankees? And how does Chapman fit in with this New York, uh, this New York, wow, this Toronto Blue Jays team and uh, this squad that has a lot of potential? Jeff, I'll start with you. And we'll wrap it up with Anthony. 
I think Toronto's the team to beat now. I I really think Toronto's going to be the team to beat this year. And I know you got the Yankees, you got Boston, you got the Rays, who are all good teams in their own right. But Toronto, they've gotten so much scarier over the offseason. And their poor guys, Vlad especially, are only going to continue to keep growing. Toronto's going to be a very scary team. They need to look out all of those three teams or Toronto's going to take over the division. And yeah, they sacrificed four prospects, a good bit of their youth, but they don't need the youth right now. There wouldn't be a place for them in the organization. So they're going all in, but they'll have a lot of years to come where they're going to be a very scary team. Totally, totally. And I mean, I'll wrap it up with you. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the youth, obviously, they give it up in the farm, like you said, Jeff, but I mean, Bobashin and Vlad are young in their own right. I mean, they're not even 25 yet. They're just about to be 25. So, I mean, it's not really a concern. You know, I know people, I know, like, it's a good trade, like Matt Chapman. I get it. it's a great trade. It, it solidifies that position, premier third baseman. But I do want to say this, you know, a lot of people ripped on the Yankees about Joey Gallo and how it was like it was a bad trade and everything, but Joey Gallo and Matt Chapman are kind of the same player. Obviously, they play different positions, but they're both solid defenders, and they both have the same bat, meaning they, they, they have a low batting average, hit a lot of home runs, and strike out a lot. But people said that the Gallo trade was bad and the Chapman trade was good. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's New York. Maybe because Chapman has a better premier glove than Gallo does. But besides the point, Look, the Blue Jays are going to have the biggest target on their back this season with all the moves that they made and the year that Vladdy had. I mean, I saw the his comment saying that last year was a trailer, get ready for the movie. That scared me because he is only 22, 23 years old, and for him to put up those kind of numbers that young, he's already going to be better than his dad. There, there's no question about it. His dad didn't even hit his peak till like, like I think like in his 10th year when he won the MVP in 04. And his his son came second in his second third year in the league, so there he's coming. And Bobuchet's eventually going to catch up to him, I think, in a year or two, possibly this year. He kind of he could put, probably put it all together even more. And they have it all going for them. The hitting's there, the pitching's there, their bullpen's pretty good too. So they're 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 the team to be not only in our division, but I think they're the team to be in the whole American League. Yeah, I think Toronto's really taking a step up. It's always been, oh, will they suppress the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees with big seasons yet to come, especially from the Red Sox. I mean, the Yankees uh, have not been doing much this free agency, but getting Josh Donaldson, like we talked about previously, and so on and so forth, has been interesting. But yeah, the Blue Jays are going to be scary. They're building that defense. We're long on that left side of the infield is Bo Bichette. Um, Vladdy going to first has worked out fine and uh yeah toronto looking pretty fearsome so um you know there's much more to come spring training has been great so far but i'm already ready for the regular season uh boys you have anything else to add before we get it going when is carlos correa gonna get signed is what i want to know it's it's taking a really long time i'm surprised it's taking as long as it is I feel like I feel like it's because the market isn't there for him. I think the market in which he wanted, um, it just isn't, it just isn't there. I feel like that's why it's waiting so long. Because I feel like he wants to get the contract that Tatis got in the three hundreds, but 
I don't feel like he's getting those numbers right now, which is why it's taking so long. I mean, I mean, Dom, I you told me that, you know, he might go back to the Astros, but I don't know. I don't know why. And also where story is probably going to be signing to this weekend and it might be to Boston. Right. Uh, I would be surprised, but yeah, I think Correa, he's going to look at the market. He's not going to get what he wants. He's going to sign a one-year deal with the Astros and come back and test the market again next year. You say so he's going to sign like a like a one-year like twenty-five million dollar deal. Yep. And then and then do it again. I mean, honestly, that might be smarter for him because, I mean, I mean, we'll see. Because you know he didn't have a full free agency to kind of talk to teams. It all kind of had a hold. So maybe if he had a full free agency, it'd be different. And plus, he's not battling with Trevor Story, Freddie Freeman, and other people. Right. Yeah, no, it should be interesting for sure. I mean, boys, baseball is just getting underway, and it's been so hyped um, and so exciting. I can't wait for the full 162. But that'll do it for this week. Fantasy baseball also will be starting soon, I think, within the next two weeks. Um, once the regular season starts going, we'll do a live draft there. Otherwise than that, that'll make it for this show. Please feel free to follow us, check out our podcast, and much more on Twitter, Swing the Twig Pod. And you can follow us on Instagram too, same there. Uh, and yeah, please feel free to leave a five-star review, everything like that. Really appreciate you guys listening, and we'll be on next week. <laughs>